Thank you, brother, for being here. Thank you, Brother Terry, in the back from Boise, Idaho, who has a ministry in Boise, Idaho, uh, dealing with people who have addictions. Pray for him. God has a ministry. for Not everybody can do this. You understand this. Not everybody can do these kinds of ministries, and I'm praying that the presence of the Holy Spirit will rest upon him like he's never had it before, and that people that he touches just instantly will sense the presence of God, the anointing of God in his life. Amen? Isn't God good? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, today is Mother's Day, and I need to share right up front, while this message is centered around a mother in the Bible, this message is not for mothers only. It's for the church. And you'll see it as we go through. I want you to just know that so that you don't think I'm off somewhere dealing with mommies. I will be dealing with mommies, but I'm, I'm dealing with the church and the ministry of the church and how the church responds to the things of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So go with me to 1 Samuel. We're going to read the first 18 verses as a background so that we can see what's going on with, with Hannah, uh, with what she's going through and what God does for her and what God blesses her with and what God actually blesses us with through her turning her life over to God. So 1 Samuel... Chapter 1, the first 18 verses. Here we go. Now there was a certain man from Ramathiam Zophim. Now, I don't know why. See, when the Holy Spirit touched these people to write the Bible, and he did. God used holy men to write the Bible. I don't know why he just wasn't from New York. <laughs> or his name wasn't Joe or Pete or Sam. No, see, I've got to figure out how to say these names, and I could say Joe, Peter, Sam, a whole lot easier, right, Mark? I mean, just, but, but I've got to go with the, what the Lord gives us. So, this certain man from Ramathaim, which is wrong, Zophim, from the hill country of Ephraim, his name was Elkanah, the son of Joraham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zup, and Ephraimite. Thank God those names are gone now, okay? But you're getting a background from where the husband is come from. Now he, Elkanah, has two wives. Bless his heart. <laughs> the name of one was Hannah, the name of the other, Penina. And Penina had children. But Hannah had no children. You need to listen to what's going on in this family structure. It is critical to understand what God is going to do, not only for this family, but for you and for me, okay? One wife, Penina, has children. Hannah has no children. Now, this man, Elkanah, would go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. This was the process of the Jewish people. Once a year, they would go up to Shiloh, if that was their community center, and they would go to the synagogue. They would bring their, their sacrifices to the Lord, in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, who happens to be priests, Hopni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there in Shiloh. Verse 5. I'm sorry? Oh, okay. I thought I went there. And oh, I'm sorry, my fault. And the day came that Elkanah sacrificed. He would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. Listen to that. When they went to sacrifice, Daddy would give portions to Penina. She's the one that had kids. 
And for every child she had, Daddy would produce and provide a sacrifice to the Lord at the synagogue. Okay, verse 5. But to Hannah, (laughs) he would give a double portion. Oh, my. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, that would be Penina, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her. Penina would provoke Hannah, so she wept and could not eat. Get a picture of what's going on. We'll deal with this now, okay? Okay, she couldn't eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, Please don't make this mistake, guys. I'll, I'll go there later. Why do you weep and why do you not eat and why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And the answer is, the answer, ladies, is no way, Jose. I'll, we'll get there. Okay. Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. That She'd go up there. Now, Eli the priest, was sitting at the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Would you kindly get a picture? Please, you need to see what's going on. She's weeping bitterly, okay? She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, do not forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. That would be the Nazarite vow. Next verse. Now it came about, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli was watching her mouth. Eli is the priest. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, big mouth Eli, How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away the wine from you. But Hannah replied, No, my lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman. Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now out of the great concern and provocation. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. May the Lord of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. She said, Let your maidservant Find favor in your sight. There's a question here, but I won't go to it right now. Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. You're getting a background here now? Do you see the picture? In this church, for those of you who are new to us, uh, we have some rules as to how to read the Bible, don't we? You're not allowed to read the Bible unless you read them by my rules. Marvin will take that one home and he'll try to figure it out by himself. (laughs) Rule number one, they do what? We read the Bible slowly. Don't read it quickly, okay? Number two, we take 
Number three, we ask. Number four, we read. Number five, we look for attitude. Number six, we use our little flower pot trowel and dig and dig and dig. You're not allowed to read your Bible unless you use those rules. Because if you do that, you'll find things you never thought were there. And we're going to find out this morning. Desperate mother. Elkanah has two wives. Okay, verse 1 and 2 tells us that. Go back there, please. One is Hannah. Hannah has no children. The other is Penina, and she has children. Now, we're not told how many she has, but she has children. Okay? Dad, Elkanah, he's a good husband. He takes care of the family. He's a believer. He worships, and he sacrifices every year like he's supposed to do, and he provides for his, his wives and his children in his avenue of sacrificing unto the Lord. He's making sure that when they go up to the temple, they have what they're supposed to have. When they go to the priest, they're going to offer certain things based on the wife and her children. So there's a process, and he's faithful. He's faithful. Hannah's got no kids. Benina has children. Verse 3 says, they go up, they worship every year, they go to Shiloh, and the priest, Eli, is up there with two of his sons, okay? Hopni and Phineas. Hopni and Phineas are both bad boys. You'll see that. I won't get to that in this message, but you'll see that as you read 1 Samuel. They're both bad, and Samuel is involved with dealing with them, which we won't get to either in this message. But dad gives out the portions so that the moms can sacrifice to the Lord what they're supposed to sacrifice. So dad's a good dad. By all standards, Elkanah is a good father. He's a good dad. However, verse 4 and 5 says he gives double the amount to Hannah because he loves her. Oh, my. Do you think maybe Penina figured that out? The wife with all the kids? Do you get a picture of the family? Can you fit yourself in there somewhere so that you can see and feel and understand and work with what's going on? It is critical that you see this family if you're going to understand the scripture and if you're going to understand my message. He gives a double portion to Hannah because he loves Hannah. Now, there's a theory within the Jewish culture, and I'm sure some of you have found this out. If a man marries a woman in the Jewish culture, and she doesn't have children within the first 10 years, then he is most likely to say, take a second wife. Do you remember a couple by the name of Abraham and Sarah. Do you remember, anybody remember them? Do you remember a gal by the name of Hagar? Yeah, see, see, Sarah stuck her nose in where it didn't belong. But she didn't have any kids, and she said to Abraham, why don't you go sleep with my maid? Please don't do that. Please don't do that. But you need to understand the process of what God will work with, and what God will take, and he will change it, so that it works out the way he wants it to work out. He loved Hannah, but she didn't have any kids. 
So he took the second wife, Penina, because God had closed Hannah's womb. Well, I have, what's the question here? There's a question here. What is the question? Come on. Why did God close Hannah's womb? It is obvious that something's going to happen, but we don't know that. She doesn't know that. See, there's a great man coming down the road. His name will be Samuel. He will be a prophet, but God is choosing this man. God is choosing the person he's going to use. God knows the future. You do not. You can't make plans for five years, ten years. Now, you can make, you can make a, 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 a schematic. Well, we'd like to do this in five. We'd like, yeah. But you aren't going to make a plan that God has for the next two, three, four years of your life. You can't do that. But you have to follow the process that God puts in place. God knew why he closed Hannah's womb. God knew why this woman was beside herself because she didn't have any children. And she knew that the other wife, as we'll find in verses 6 and 7, the scripture says, Penina provokes her. Read it. Verse 6 and 7. Okay? She makes fun of her. Her rival would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Isn't that a nice gesture by the second wife? Isn't she sweet? Don't you just, don't you just want another wife like that, Rick? I mean, you know, come on. Right? Don't you just want them fighting all the time and picking up? Get a picture of what's going on because God is coming through a scene that you and I would never program in our lives. And nor, neither, would, neither would Hannah. Thank you for the light. She provokes her, verse 6 and 7, because God closed her womb. And she provoked her bitterly to irritate her. She's making fun. Can you, I can hear her. I can hear Penina say, ha, 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 na, 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 na. Remember when we were kids? Na, 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 na. Rick, Rick remembers, right? Rick was a big na, 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 right, Rick? Yeah, okay. And we did that to provoke people, and she's provoking her, and she's saying as she's doing it, I'm a better woman than you are. Oh. Oh, that makes for peace in the family, doesn't it? You need to see... The consternation, the war that's going on in one family that God is going to use for his glory. And you can't see it while it's going on. God loves me more than he loves you. I'm sorry, Marvin, but you just need to know that. God loves me more than he loves you. How would you like that? How would you like that feeling constantly that you're being downgraded all the time by someone who's supposed to be part of your family? I'm better than you are. God loves me. You don't count. Over and over. And every time they would go up to Shiloh, okay, every year they would go up there, and, he, and, and uh, Daddy, what's his name? Elkanah. Elkanah. He'd give them their portion, okay? She doesn't get it. She gets double. And every year, Penina just rubs it in and gets, gets Hannah more angry. Anybody know anybody like this? 
Is anybody rubbing it in in your life? Oh. Oh, get serious now. Has anybody, don't raise your hand. Has anybody gone through this kind of scene in your life somewhere along your life when people were out to get you? I know all about that. I've been there. Personally, I have been there. There are people, and I say this in all seriousness, in all due respect, and very cautious. There are people who are dead in the grave today because they tried to stop my ministry. They're dead, Marvin. They are flat out dead. Don't mess with God. Don't mess with God's will. Don't mess with God's process of bringing to an end something that's going to be extremely precious and powerful that you don't know about yet. This is not just a Mother's Day message. This is for the church, okay? What does provoke mean? Well, I'll tell you. She was provoking her to arouse anger against God. Now, that's really good of me, isn't it, Marvin? I'm just going to provoke you so that you get mad at God. Makes sense, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. We're destroying something, and we're not even sure what we're destroying. But I don't like you, Marvin. So I'm willing, I'm willing to go this route to destroy you because I think I'm better than you are. Because I've got the kids that you don't have. You don't have any following. I do. That was her routine. Year after year after year, Penina would arouse anger, rub it in. And Hannah weeps, verse 7. It happened year after year. She would provoke her, so she wept and would not eat. It, it's destroying her. Oh. Are you going to let someone else destroy your walk with God? Hello? Are you still there? You're going to let a nobody come by who thinks she's somebody and tell you what to do in life and tell you where you belong and give you that na-na-na-na-na-na routine? Are you going to let that happen? Really? She weeps, Hannah. She won't eat year after year. Take a picture, please, and get, get involved in what's going on. Ask those questions. Elbow your way into their life, into their routine, and feel what she's feeling. Feel what both of these ladies are feeling. Penina's feeling good. I got the kids. You got nothing. That makes me feel good. Hannah is saying, I got nothing. But I got God. Hello? Verse (laughs) 8. Oh, God should not have put this verse in there. He should not have. No, it should have been taken out. One of the angels should have edited this book. (sighs) Elkanah then says to Hannah, Hannah, Why do you weep, and why do you not eat, and why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? (laughs) I wrote in my Bible the word no. I actually wrote it in my Bible. I was going to write another word in front of the no. It was a four-letter word. (laughs) But I can't do that because he'll he'll kick me out of the ministry. That four-letter word begins with H and has two L's in the end. 
So I can't say that. Because they t- they'd take my ministerial credential away. They'd take my certificate away. That 50 years of certificate, they'd, they'd take it all away. So I can't say hell no. I, I can't say that. But you need to see Hannah. When he says to her, am I not better than ten sons? And the answer is no. Why? Because Hannah has not been able to produce what she wants to produce. And he will never take the place of what she needs to produce in her life. I'm not talking about women. I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about the church. We as a church must get to the point where this is not better than what we can produce. Because God is calling us to have spiritual children. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we've got to understand that right now we feel barren, but something's going on in our life, and I don't like it what you're saying to me, but I don't care what you're saying to me, Rick. There's something going on in my spirit, and I'm going to hang on to what's going on because God has a plan for my future. God has a plan for this church. I wouldn't be here. Marvin wouldn't have stayed nine months. I wouldn't be here unless I believed that God has a plan for this church. Well, things suddenly take a change. Verses 9 through 11. And this is where things begin to happen. And you have to decide. You, the Hannahs of the world, the churches of the world, Hannah, have to decide that there has to be a change in plans. Enough is enough. So we go to verse 9. Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. They're, they're already up now. They're, gonna, they're at, the, uh, at the synagogue at Shiloh. She's there. She's ro- she, she rises up after eating and drinking. And Eli the priest is sitting at the seat of the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. Where he belongs. He's watching things happening. She's greatly distressed. Obviously we know now why. We, we feel what she's feeling. And she's praying to the Lord and she's weeping bitterly. Please take a picture. Do not let this scene go by. Get your cameras out on, on video and start looking at what this do, that's happening to this woman. She can't handle it anymore. And because she can't handle it, she is now spilling out what's going on in her life. She made a vow, verse 10, or verse 11, and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed will look on the affliction of your maidservant. I'm a woman, but I'm your servant. Ladies, you're as much servant of God as any man is. I, think, I thought all the ladies would say amen to that. <laughs> Wake up. If you will indeed look at the affliction of your maidservant and remember me. Because she thinks God has forgotten her. And nobody said amen. But you know that's true. You've gone through certain phases of life and you're going, oh, man, what is going on? Where are you? Where are you, God? Don't you see what's going on? This is, this is Hannah. Do not forget your maidservant. Remember me. Don't forget me. But if you remember me and you'll give your maidservant a son, she's specific. She's not asking for a million dollars or ten million or whatever. She knows what she wants. She knows what she needs to have to feel fulfilled in her life and whatever ministry God has for her, and that's what she's after. She's after what only God can give her. Give me, your, give me a son. I'll give him back to you 
all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. What in the world is she doing? She is bearing herself to the Lord. There's nothing she's holding back. Isn't it about time that you let it all out to the Lord? Isn't it about time that you stop playing games with what's going on around you? Because Penina is just killing her. We're year after year just making that na-na-na-na-na-na, I'm better than you are sound, okay? And she says to the Lord, I'm going to make this vow. Here's what I feel I need. Here's what I need to worship you. This is not what I need so I can build a $10 million house. This is what I need so I can worship you and praise your name and fulfill in my life what you have planned for me. And she doesn't even know what that is. But she knows she must have a son to fulfill God's plan. So she makes this vow. She tells God her problems. And she's saying to God, I am willing to give you back what you give to me. I am willing to make this a total sacrifice. I am willing to go all in. Are we willing to go all in, church? I'm not talking about a mama here. I'm talking about the church. Because we're the mamas. We're the ones that are giving birth to the people of this community. We're the ones, the door is open, you can walk in and we can pray with you no matter, we don't care who you are. We're the ones that need the power and the structure of the Holy Spirit in our lives, day after day, week after week. We're the ones that have to come to God on our knees and say, I've had enough. I need something from you. But if you give me what I think I need, and she's telling him what she feels, I'll give it back to you. I won't hold on to it. I'll give it back, and I'll give it back for the rest of his life. And I won't let a, 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 a scissors touch his hair. He'll be a Nazarite preacher. The Nazarite vow, I'll give him back to you. Penina isn't doing this. Hello? The other mama with a na-na-na-na-na-na attitude isn't offering anything to God. But she is willing to give the son back. She's willing to go all in. And I'm asking us as a church, New Hope, are we willing to go all in? Is this community worth your time and my time? Is this community worth our effort and our prayer? Is this community worth going out and getting the rocks and painting them with our name on it and putting them all over where people can come to New Hope because they got New Hope painted on the rock? You think maybe it's worth your time to let people know we're here? A few weeks ago, a man walked in the back of this church. I never saw him before. He's not here this morning, but he's normally here. Good man. And he told me what his name was. And some of you know him. Good man. Came from a Jehovah Witness background. And said to me, I don't like what they're doing. I need to be here. Oh, really? How did he know the doors were open to him? Because of you. Because of our willingness to kneel down before God and say, would you remember us as a church? We need to start producing. We will go all in. We'll do whatever we can to win souls for Jesus Christ. That's 
what Hannah is doing. It has nothing to do with Penina. has nothing to do with Elkanah in that sense, except the flow that she's in and her purpose for doing what she's doing. Now, the problem with going in, all in, is that uh, some people will think you're crazy or drunk. Verses 12 through 14. Well, well, so what's new? They thought you were kind of crazy when you gave your heart to the Lord anyway. Do you remember when you gave your heart to the Lord? Do you remember what some of your friends said to you? I'll never forget what my uncle said to me years and years. I was 16 when I gave my heart to the Lord. We're going back a few years. I'm 20 now, so that's just a few years ago. He said, what do you want to become a preacher for? Go to college, become an engineer. My uncle, he didn't care about God. Of course, he's long gone. I'm still here. And I'm 22 now, and he's... Verses 12 through 14, it came about as she continued praying before the Lord, she didn't stop. Don't quit. Just because someone rubs you the wrong way, don't quit. Don't say, you know, God, I've prayed enough. Gary, I just talked to God. I'm tired of talking to God. I don't want to talk to him anymore. Don't do that. She doesn't stop. She continues praying before the Lord, and Eli is watching her mouth. That's the priest. Somebody is watching you every single day of your life. Somebody has got his eye or her eye on you. And they're wondering, what makes you tick, Lucas? Why are you like you are? Why? Why do you say you love God? Why do you go to church every Sunday? Why are you here listening to that little Italian preacher who's 22 years old? (laughs) Eli's watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving. But her voice was not heard, so Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself? Oh, I guess you make yourself drunk, Gary. Wow. How long will you make yourself drunk? That's a problem you're having, personally. Brother Terry would know that with some of the people he deals with. How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away the wine from you. Well, I don't know. She's praying, and, and Hannah says, hey, you don't understand. You may be a priest. You may think you know everything, but you don't understand. I am a woman oppressed in my spirit. Guess who's oppressing me? His other wife. And she probably goes on and maybe says different things. You know what's oppressing you. Nobody has to guess. You know what's going on in your life. You know why you're feeling what you're feeling. You know why you feel this, this terrible thrush coming against you. Somebody's against you. All that. You know what's going on. You're aware of it. I, I, I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Is that who you are? We're not talking about mamas. We're talking about the church. Although we may be talking about mamas and daddies. But that's not just a Mother's Day message. I haven't had any wine. I'm not drunk. I'm not crazy. I'm pouring out my soul before the Lord. 
Verse 15, 16. Do not consider your maidservant, and I love this verse. Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman. See, Penina kept telling her, you're worthless. You can't have babies. I'm sorry, Ruth, you're worthless. Too bad. Because I'm better than you are. Because I got the babies. She's been going through this for years. Don't consider your maidservant as a worthless woman. For I have spoken until now out of the great concern and provocation. Then Eli answered, waking up, and said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. Well, she says to Eli, read this verse and hang on to this verse. We're going to need to jump back. We won't jump back to the verse, but you need to remember this. She's still talking to Eli. She's still been praying. She's still been weeping. But she says, okay, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. Oh, wait a minute. She's been beefing to God. And all of a sudden, Eli thinks she's drunk. Suddenly, Eli realizes she's not drunk. She really has a burden, and she's bearing herself before God. Eli says, okay, go your way. Let God do what. And then she says to Eli, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Remember, she said to him, I hope I find favor in your sight. We're going to need that. She went, she went away, she ate, and she's no longer sad. Can you believe that? Eli apologizes to her. He sees the truth that's going on in her life. Do you think maybe we should kind of look a little closer at people who are struggling and see what's going on in their life before we slap them upside of the head, Rick? I mean, really. We have, you know, we're Christians, but we, you know, we kind of do this, we kind of do that, Maybe we should look a little closer. Maybe we should be a little bit more sensitive of what's going on in other people's lives so that we can give them something they don't have. He apologized to her. And the scripture says in verse 18, after his apology, after he recognized that she was praying from her heart, you don't have to speak out loud to let God hear you. After that came through, she was no longer sad. Something changed in her heart. How many years has she been praying? We don't know. It doesn't tell us that. But you know they went up year after year, and Penina did her thing with her babies and all that, and she did her thing by crying, and this time the priest catches her, and suddenly everything changes when the priest recognizes something's going on in her spirit, and she's talking to God. People need to look at you People need to look at me, and they need to understand we're talking to God. Amen. We're not talking bad about the other person. We're not making jokes about the other person. We're talking to God out of our heart, okay? She responds, and she's no longer sad, and they no longer think she's crazy. <laughs> I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord. I'm not worthless. I am not worthless to God. Do you feel worthless? God is not, God is not giving you a spirit of worthlessness. That is not what God does. 
You are very valuable to God, very, very valuable. In your own way, in your own manner, in your own area, in your own little area of minute, wherever you may be, because we're all different, we're all in different areas, but you are very special to God. You are not worthless. I don't care what your age is. I don't care if you're a teenager. I don't care if you're as old as I am. Nobody in this building is as old as I am. And I don't feel worthless. And nobody said amen. Thank you very much. She said, I'm not worthless. Don't you dare feel worthless. As long as you allow me to come into this pulpit, don't you dare let me see you thinking you're worthless. Because you're not. You're valuable. You're valuable to me, or I wouldn't come back here. You're valuable to God, because you touch people I will never touch in my life. You are not worthless. And God can use you, and bless you, and use the talents that he's given to you, And hear me, hear me, hear me. Timing is everything. We don't know how long Hannah has gone without having a baby. We don't know how many children Penina has. It doesn't actually tell us that, okay? We'll find out that Hannah has more. So we don't know what the time element is, okay? But it had to be bad. Year after year after year, and suddenly she's no longer sad because God has corrected what was wrong and made it right. Are you trying to correct what's wrong and make it right? Somebody else's life? It's not going to work. Trust me, it will not work. I don't care how good you are at it. I don't care how faithful you are. I don't care how much you love the other person. You are not in the correction business. God is a better corrector than I am. Somebody say amen. Okay, well. Does God answer prayer? Verse 19 and 20. (laughs) Sad turns to happy. I love it when sad turns to happy, don't you? They arose early in the morning, they're still in Shiloh, and worshiped before the Lord, and then they returned to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah had relations with his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. Don't, stay right there a minute, stay right there. Okay. Would you allow me to just to be human, please? I mean, I've been around for a few years. 28 years, thank you. My wife and I were married 68 years before God took her. I'm telling you the truth, okay? We were married two years pastoring in New Jersey. And my wife looked at me and said, don't you think it's about time we had a child? There he is. (laughs) I'm serious. I wasn't... Two years married, and I'm pastoring a little church, and I'm working, and she's working, and I'm thinking, we're trying to make ends meet. I'm not thinking about having a child. I mean, seriously now, come on. I love my son, but you understand the process. We men think this way. My wife wasn't thinking this way. She was thinking this way. And she looked at me, don't you think it's about time? See, I know what happened. They went home. (laughs) Stay with me. Let me be me. Because Hannah, she just went up to Elkanah and said, 
Hey, buddy, come here. You know that, don't you? All the women know that. Because she just came from a meeting with God, and God said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to do for you what you never thought could ever happen. You are going to have a Well, I don't know. There's only one way I know about having a baby. And she went, come on. See, you're never going to forget this. Because it's true. Real, read the truth of what you're reading when you're reading the Bible. Read what's going on in people's lives. And suddenly they decide to become intimate again. They've been married for how many years? We don't know. And sure enough, faith works. They arose early. They went home. Elkanah had relationships with his hand and his wife. And the Lord remembered her. Verse 20. It came about in due time. God's time. Not your time. Not mine. That Hannah conceived. She gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. Because I have asked him of the Lord. I did a little checking. See, faith does work. You have to trust. You have to be willing to take the na 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 garbage. Year after year after year after year after year after year. Because she took it. But God remembered her and brought this baby, and she named him Samuel. Do you know what the name Samuel means? Go ahead, check. Check my, my friend. How many know my friend Barney? His last name is Google. How many remember Barney Google? You're old enough to remember. Come on, raise your hand. You're old enough to remember. Nobody but me? He was a cartoon character years ago. How many remember Barney? Come on, be honest. All right. I see some hands going up in the back. Thank you. Okay? Okay? So I went to Barney. The name Samuel means God heard me. Hello. Hello. God heard me. You've got to grab hold of some things, folks. You can't just sit around boo-hooing. You've got to grab hold of who God is. You've got to know He hears you. You've got to know He loves you. You've got to know you are not worthless to Him. I don't care what anybody says about you. You are not worth. This church is not worthless to God. This church is a high point in this community for God because we come here to worship Him and to spread this worship wherever we're allowed to spread it. God heard me. That's what the name means. Does God hear your prayers? You're not sure? Keep praying. And keep praying for His will. Don't pray against the... Nowhere in the Scripture does she say, does God say, she prayed against Penina. Nowhere in the Scripture does she say, God, you better take care of her, I will. No, 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 it's not here. Why isn't it here? Because she was trusting God, not her own capabilities to deal with other people. You need to trust God. Well, God heard her prayers. God answered her prayers. What about your prayers? What about our prayers as a church? Are we praying for growth? Of course we are. 
Are we praying for souls? Of course we are. Are we praying for people to be delivered from their habits? Of course we are. And how do we do that? By prayer, by sharing. We come, we come together as a family. Remember what we preached when I first started here? Family. And you caught on to that. Family. This church is a family. Hannah prayed. God heard her prayer. God answered her prayer. God, Hannah needed a son to give back to God. See, if you're going to pray and you're asking God for something, you need to be careful what you're asking for, and then you need to be careful about the conditions you make for what you're asking. Her condition was, I'm going to give you back this son. Really? You're going to follow through on that? You haven't had a son all these years, and Penina's going, na, 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 and you don't have a son, and then you're going to have a son, you're going to give him back. You're going to promise God you're going to give him back that gift that he gave to you? She needed a gift to give to God. It would be the son. What do we need to give to God? Oh, now I'm getting personal. And we're all different. We all have our struggles. We all have our directions that we go in. What I need to give back to God is not what you need to give back to God, vice versa. But I need to be willing to give back to God what it takes to make me a servant of God. This church needs to be willing to give back to God what it takes to make this church a servant of God in this valley. She promised to give back the gift. Well, <clears throat> it's time to give it back. <clears throat> so we go to verse 24 through 28. <clears throat> now, when she had weaned him, now, if you go back and check Google again and all these history books and so forth, somewhere in the age of five or six years old is about the time that we're dealing with. When she'd weaned him, she took him up with her for a three, with a three-year-old bull. She's going back to Shiloh. An epith of flour and a jug of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, although the child was young, five, six years old. They slaughtered the bull and brought the boy to Eli. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't there a verse that I said we ought to remember uh, way back in the beginning? And she said to Eli, I hope you remember me. They slaughtered the bull, brought the boy to Eli, and she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. So, I have decided to keep him. He's my boy now. You can't have him. Really? I've dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. And he, Mama, Daddy, and Samuel worshipped the Lord there. Well, are you ready to give back your gift that God gave you for the glory of God? Huh? You're getting awful quiet. I'm getting personal now. You don't like it when I get personal. I have to. Because you asked God for that gift. You can 
banging on God's door. I need this. I, and you did. You need this. There's no question about it. No, no argument at all. But you made a promise to God. If you bless me, if you touch me, if you don't let me be thinking that I'm worthless. If you touch me and give me this gift, I'll give it back to you. She has obeyed what she promised she would do. And when you obey God, God opens up the doors of blessing in your life like you can't believe. See, you need, you need the blessings of God more than you need the Son. Now, she loved, you know she loved Samuel. You, you understand that. Okay. I'm not making light of the, the anguish she must be feeling to get rid of this boy that she had to pray for. But she needs the blessings of God more than she needs the boy in her life. He's going to become something she doesn't even know what he's going to become. And we'll get to that as we close. She needed this gift to give back to God. And it's time, hear me, beloved, hear me. It is time to give back to God what we need to give back to him. It will change our lives completely, personally and as a church. It will change you. It will make you a person like you never thought you could be. Are we willing to give to God our gift forever? You want God's will? Or do you want your will? Well, I got to close. Samuel's outcome, this man, Samuel, the outcome of his life was based on a mother who not only loved him, but loved God and trusted God. Samuel would not have existed if this woman had not poured herself out so that the priest thought she was drunk. Okay? And mom is now blessed for trusting God. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 to 21. You need to see that God stands up to his word. He is truthful. So look at what it says. Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord. He's already there. As a boy, wearing a linen ephod, his little garment that he's wearing, okay? And his mother, Hannah, would make him a little robe and bring it to him from year to year when she would come up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. She wasn't crying anymore. She came up year after year with a new outfit because he's growing. He's getting bigger. So we need to give him a, a new coat, new pants, new shoes. Eli would bless Elkanah, that's daddy, and his wife, that's Hannah. May the Lord give you children from this woman in place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And they went to their own home. Oh, you got, you got to see Hannah go. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on, baby. The Lord visited Hannah. She conceived and gave birth to three sons, two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. Come on. Get real with what's going on in the Word of God and get real with what's going on in your life. Be real. Be honest. Be sincere about what's, what you need from God that no one else can provide for you. Nobody. If I could provide for what you folks needed... 
I'd be awake 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I'd be dead by now. She's blessed. She's blessed for trusting God. Three sons, two girls, plus Samuel. So that's four sons, okay? Four sons, two daughters. From a woman who couldn't give birth. Do you think God responds to your obedience? Do you think God responds to your prayers? You think your prayers have gone unnoticed by God? You think God doesn't know what's going on in your life? You think you're all alone? Nobody understands. I'm sorry, dear. God understands totally what you're going through and what I'm going through. And he's right there with you. He's right there with me every step of the way. Does it pay to obey God? (laughs) I have a question. And you probably never thought of this, and I don't mean that in a in a naughty way. You never thought of this, but I have a question, a real important. Where is Penina now? We don't hear about her. We don't hear any na 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 na. She's gone. Her time is she's not dead, but she's gone. Her time is over with. Her time of making fun of Hannah is out the window. And if you and I will process what God wants in our lives, if you and I will bow before God and let Him control our lives, that na 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 spirit will leave totally and we will be blessed of God and we won't hear from Penina anymore or her associates. Oh, she's still around. <laughs> I love this. I, I, I read it because I can see Vanette. I, I really can see Vanette doing it. I, I love, you know I love your wife. Like I love you. And if I tease you, i got to tease her. <laughs> Can't you just see Vanette going <laughs> to Penina? Hey, babe, how you doing? <laughs> you, can you, you can see that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You thought you were so hot. No. I'm hotter than you are. <laughs> God heard me, Penina. God blessed me, Penina. I got Samuel. All you got is a bunch of kids, and my husband loves me more than he loves you. I can see. I, I, can, I can hear Vanette. Anybody can hear? Can you hear Vanette? Say amen. Thank you very much. Now you understand the process of life. You've got to understand what's going on, or this will be meaningless to you as a church or as an individual. God is God no matter what you're going through. She prayed, and she found out that it paid to obey God. I'm going to throw in some things that are personal to my family. My son is here. My wife prayed for my boys. We had three boys. The two oldest, Dave is the oldest, Bruce is the second. Dave is the minister, Bruce is the minister, pastors in San Diego, Charles is the third, He's the businessman in Nashville, does all sound systems in churches all over the country, etc. My, my wife prayed for these boys. She not only prayed for these boys, <laughs> she did this. You understand this, don't you? Oh, trust me, Marv, trust me. Ask him. 
It was, you know, I love you, son, but you better watch what you do. <laughs> Italian mother, do not, do not, do not come across an Italian mother with anything else but yes, mama. She sat my youngest down one day, I'll never forget as long as I live, in our bedroom. She sat him down. He'd been traveling and doing some things, and she didn't like what he was doing. And she says, I fight for your soul every single day. I'm, I'm out, in the, and I could hear her. She'd be in the kitchen and banging on the, on the, on the uh, counter, the, the cupboard counters. I'm talking banging, and she'd be yelling and screaming at the devil, you will not touch my children. I know what my wife did. My boys know too. And they're all serving God. They all love God. Better listen to when mama speaks. You better decide what kind of mama you want to be to your children. You got to do it in love. But you also got to do it with strength. And she had the strength. Trust me. And the boys knew it. They didn't dare give her a hard time. That would only happen once. Why? Samuel's ministry begins in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. He's still a boy. But we, we forget the outcome of this woman. Chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. The Lord came and stood and called out as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. He's just a kid. This has happened twice before. And he goes to Eli and says, Eli, I heard you call me. I didn't call you. Oh, but I heard you call me. You called my name. I didn't call you. Finally, Eli figures it out and says, you know, the next time you hear that voice, it's the voice of God. You say, Lord... Speak for your servant is listening. And so in verse 10 of chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, Samuel begins to respond to the voice of God. He's still a young boy. But Samuel will be part of the downfall of Eli's two bad sons. Because God will show Samuel what's going on. And Eli knows God showed him that. And Eli demands that he tell Eli, what's wrong? What did God say to you about my boys? And, he, and Samuel told him. And both of those boys died by the hand of God. You want to play games with God? Don't. Oh, but there's more. What happens when a mother decides she won't give up? It is Samuel who becomes the prophet to the nation of Israel. It is Samuel. And the nation of Israel does not have a king. Hello? So you've got to dig and dig and dig with your little trowel. But it is Samuel who anoints Saul as the first king of Israel. Are you still digging with your little trowel? This is a mama who wept before the priest and said, I'm a woman. I'm burdened. And God's got to bless me with a son and I'll give him back. Samuel. The first prophet to anoint the first king of the nation of Israel. Saul 
goes bad. And guess what? It is Samuel who hears from God and says, I want you to go down to Jesse's house. He's got some kids, and I've got a boy down there that I'm going to anoint as the next king after Saul. And Samuel goes down to Jesse's house, and the story is, Jesse's got seven or eight sons. I forget how many. Seven or eight sons, and every, every son comes by and says, not you, not you, not you, definitely not you. <laughs> Samuel's going right down, and, and finally Samuel says to Jesse, you got any more kids? Well, yeah, I got this kid, Dave. He's out in the field with, go get him. And Dave comes in from the field. He's been shepherding the sheep. And the minute he walks in the door, God says to Samuel, he's the next king. That's from a little lady who wouldn't give up on God. She produced a prophet who prophesied for the entire nation of Israel. What can we produce if we say to God, I will not give up? What can this church produce if this church says, I will not give up? What can your ministry produce, Terry, if you say, I will not give up? Anything that God wants in your ministry, He can do it. And this church, this church needs to understand this is not just a Mother's Day message. This is an everyday message for every one of us. We need to be praying to God for the will of God in our lives. And we may be to the point where we think God has forgotten us. He has not. Do not give up on your kids. And I mean this seriously and, and, and normally, naturally. Don't give up on your kids. I never, gave up, I never gave up on mine. My wife never gave up on mine. And we've got three wonderful boys who love God. Serve God, wonderful daughters-in-law, beautiful ladies. They love God. Don't give up on the plans that God has for new hope. Don't you dare. Because the minute you give up, I'm gone. I will not preach to a church that doesn't want to see souls saved. I will not preach to a church who doesn't want to go out and paint rocks. Who ever heard of painting rocks? Are you crazy? I'm glad you're painting the rocks because you're saying to God, don't look at us, New Hope, as being worthless, God, because we're like Hannah. We're going to produce, produce. Don't give up. What will our commitment produce? It doesn't matter. Listen to me, and I quit with this. I'm done. It doesn't matter how much you are provoked you keep believing and trusting God for your miracle. I don't care how much Penina has done her thing in your life, spiritually speaking. I don't care. What I care about is what you know about God and His power to touch your life and bring fruit in your life that would never have come had you not gone through what Hannah went through with that other woman called Penina. Don't worry about the Peninas. Don't worry about her na-na-na-na-na-na attitude. Worry about your walk with God. Worry about your service to God. Worry about your faith in God. And I don't mean worry in the sense that you should worry, but be aware of who He is in your life. And when you let God be God to you, everything changes. Amen?
everything changes. I don't know what you need this morning. I know you all love God, but I'm here to pray with you today after this service. We've got food. That's fine. It'll be there. I'm here to pray with you. This, this is an important message to me, for me. I hope it was important to you. But it's important to me that you understand what God wants. He wants us to be like Hannah. No matter what tough times we go through, Gary, and we all go through that. No matter how tough it was, we came through it. And we are now different that we, now that we've come through it. We're different people. And now God wants to bless us with our own Samuel, the prophet of the Lord, who will change things in an entire nation as a prophet. That's what you can produce if you trust God for your baby that everybody says you can't have. Yeah, you can. You can have that baby. And that baby will be blessed by God. Bow your heads, pray with me. Father, oh, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Without you, we are nothing. But with you, we can do anything you ask of us. And that's what Hannah found out. With you, she produced what you wanted produced. You wanted a prophet for the nation. And she was willing to go through all that she went through just to be obedient to you. And then she was obedient in giving back to you what you wanted that would bless an entire nation. Here we are as a church. We want to be obedient to you. And we want that so-called spiritual child to be birthed in us. And we give that back to you, Lord, in ministry so that this community will see the value of the baby, that spiritual baby that we give back to you. That this community will find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, Father, there are many of us here who may need a touch from you, a personal touch, and that's wonderful. And Lord, we will pray for them if they want. We embarrass no one, we force no one. But Lord, we're here to minister to each other. So I pray right now in Jesus' name, and your eyes are closed. If I need to pray with you, I will stay here. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me at the end of the service. We'll let others go out to the other room, and just you and I will stay here. We'll, we'll pray together, whatever your need may be. Just raise your hand so that I know that you're here. Just raise your hand. Anyone? You all are okay? That's fine. I just want to make sure I want to pray for you. I want to be to you what I need to be to you. Please let me do that. Please let me do my ministry to you. Is there anyone I need to pray for? Just raise your hand. Take it down quickly. No one has raised their hand. Okay. Father, bless us. Bless these good people. They came. They're faithful. We look forward to seeing them week after week and sensing your power and your presence in our lives, in this community. Bless us, strengthen us. And for each one of us that is here that has that specific need that Hannah had, that birthing process that only you can help us with, we know who we are. We know we need you. Lord, respond to our request as you did with Hannah. And you gave her the gift that she needed to give back to you, which changed an entire nation. Help us, I pray. Give us the strength to believe. 
For we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, please stay. Don't go. We've got some goodies there. I will stay here for a few moments. If I need to uh, pray with anybody, please just come forward. Let me pray with you. I'd be happy to do that. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Look forward to seeing you next week.